a listener production. Okay, let's start by just taking a deep breath. Welcome to Come Out Wherever You Are. This is a safe space for curious people to learn more about the coming out experience. So congratulations, you're now a part of our community. And because this is a podcast about the coming out experience, it's only fair that I go first. Hi, my name is Sean Zepps, and I am gay. I first came out in early 2000. I was 12 years old, and I literally came out in a closet. And I last came out... Um, I last came out this morning, 7 o'clock. A tradie came to fix some lights in our kitchen, and he asked about my wife. So I had to come out right then and there before my coffee. (laughs) Today, we are welcoming a very new member to the Come Out Wherever You Are family, Sophie. Sophie, would you just introduce yourself and tell us when you first came out and when you last came out? My name is Sophie. I identify as sexually bisexual, but emotionally gay. Mm. Uh, I first came out to my husband in 2017, 2018, and I last came out probably two days ago. I was in a shop and I was looking at underwear for my partner, Maddie. And uh, the lady's face was awfully confused when she asked, are they for yourself? I said, no, my partner. And she looked at me to say, they're not going to fit a man. And I went, "Mm, you're just not quite getting that, are you? (laughs) No, come on, keep up, keep up. You might think you know Sophie Caccia. You've heard her name, either as the wildly successful young mommy blogger or for splitting up with her AFL football husband, Jared, to pursue a relationship with a woman. But Sophie is so much more than those silly headlines. She is a bona fide, badass businesswoman. Her resume includes the sleepwear label Katia, the kids' brand Fairy Magic, and Melbourne hair salon Boda Hair Boutique. She's also the mom of two primary school age kids, Bobby and Florence, and partner of WNBL player Maddie Garrick. Now, back to Sophie. Okay, mm-hmm. I want a little backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sexually bisexual. How long have you known that about yourself? Well, very recently, actually. So always um, was straight, and I use inverted commas for that because Mm. I always believed that that was who I was. Uh, Married a man, married a beautiful man, and never, even as a teenager growing up, never had those sexual experiences with girls where, you know, I was never the girl that would kiss girls at parties or Mm. I, I really didn't experiment, which is funny because... That's just not who I am now. Um, And then for me, marrying a man, uh, separating from that man, realising I was in a position where I did want to experiment with women, realised I loved that, realised I really found myself and Mm. um, really accepted that I think this is actually who I really am and it was a really beautiful moment. Um, But then was like, okay, well, I'm gay now. And then I got torn, you know, so I was gay. I, you know, I've made this decision now. I am a lesbian now. And then to really go, oh, hang on, you know, at times where I was single going, oh, well, hang on, I think I still want to have sex with 
men. Yeah. And then I was like, oh God, what am I? So it was almost like a reverse um, confusion for me. Wow. It was, I was so sold that I was gay. But then when I still felt like having sexual experiences with guys, um, and you know, I, I had one recently as last September, October okay. with, with a male as well. So um, sexually, I am attracted to males still. But would I date them anymore? I don't think so. Mm, okay, no. fascinating. How much of that experience in retrospect, so this idea of discovery, it seems like you're still on a beautiful journey. Mm. Um, how much of that in retrospect do you think is because of societal norms, right? This idea that you're... Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Melbourne. Okay. Uh, private school, grew up playing netball, mm. um, you know, grew up in a very straight environment. Um, didn't have, um, I wouldn't say I grew up in a homophobic family at all, but I suppose sheltered. Yeah. And I think that that was not intentional by my parents. I just think it was circumstantial of our environment. Sure. Um, and that time, right? Like, yeah. I, there's this story going around, uh, about the Australian, um, landscape. And oftentimes I hear people saying, by no means did I feel like I was growing up in a homosexual environment, but there was not conversations about mm. other options. And mm. so when I hear you talking, I'm thinking of just that truth, which is you're growing up, you're walking about, you just see straight people all around you, you go to parties, yeah. there's straight people. Did you know anyone who in your immediate life who might have been a lesbian or gay? No. So mm. always grew up, and it was very interesting, grew up um, our group of friends and we had our gay friend Nick and everyone loved Nick. The boy, you know, the footy boys loved Nick and all the girls loved Nick and Nick was accepted and, and Nick owned who he was. Did I know any lesbians? No. Mm. In hindsight, yes, I would have, but they sure, weren't sure. comfortable. They were not comfortable to come out. Um, there was theories that there was one girl at our school who was a lesbian and I'm really mortified at myself because we were we were like oh she she's weird mm. you know and i'm disappointed in myself but again that was friendship groups that was schooling that was society at that time and now i'm mortified at the person i was cuz this poor girl people would say oh is that your girlfriend on your facebook and she'd be like no no when we all knew it was but sure. she was obviously just so uncomfortable to come out and own it now who I am now knows that there would have been many girls at my school sure. who were experimenting, bisexual, gay, closet, you know, everything possible. Mm. And that's the beauty in life. You learn and you evolve and you become so much more open-minded. So, you know, I, I am very embarrassed at having that mindset and that's something that I now, you know, really try and instill into my children to have an open mind, a beautiful open mind from such a young age and not to shelter them in that way. Amazing. So let's segue right into there. So you have a beautiful marriage. You continue to have, I imagine, quite a great relationship with him mm -hmm. and, and yep. with your children, which is amazing. And so you come out of that marriage um, and you start to explore. Is that exactly mm -hmm. what happened? Like the, the relationship yeah, ended much. and you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find myself. Throughout yeah. the marriage, were you questioning, this is something I want to explore or was it afterwards? There was definitely a period, you know, technically now we're actually still married. So okay, <laughs> yes, there you go. throughout the marriage. <laughs> um, but there was a something wonderful about Jared and I that we've always been able to do is have really open conversations, mm. really open and non-judgmental and... Um, you know, no ego involved in them. So like I said in my intro, he was the first person I said, oh, I, I met this person. I really am attracted to her. And that is weird because I have never once looked at a female that way. Wow. Um, 
So we definitely um, allowed each other freedom to explore. We were still a couple, absolutely still living together, still a family, still having our own sexual um, or our own private sex life, but um, we were able to explore with other people. So that's when I had that freedom to go, hey, I actually really like this. Yeah, um, that's brilliant. But there were, there were obviously a lot of people go, oh, they separated because she's now a lesbian. No, that's absolutely not mm. the case. There's so many things that go on in private relationships that no one knows and and I probably will never discuss either because that's Jared and my business. Yep. But, yeah, it, it opened doors for me to explore all these new parts of myself, which is really beautiful. Mm. It's also just never ever been that black and white? Like life isn't that black Mm. and white? Like so much of our journeys of exploring ourselves come at so many different pieces in time. Mm -hmm. So to like throw a label, which I think is a label specifically that bisexual people get smacked on them, Mm -hmm. is like, oh, well then you must have cheated and that's how Mm -hmm. you knew. Yeah. It's just not useful. And it's also not useful as the binary kind of gets ripped apart and people Mm -hmm. are exploring themselves at different stages of their lives with different types of people. Yeah. But when you look back, is that your first coming out? That that really that moment? How much of that do you remember? His reaction, <laughs> your reaction. Yeah, yours? I do remember the specific moment because it was upon meeting somebody. I was doing a um, work talk, you know, like normal. I'm running late. I rush in. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Met this woman straight away. You know, it was like the stars moment. Oh, <laughs> like I heard the choir behind me. Oh, like that. And I just thought what the f*** just happened to me? And and instantly there was this energy and there was this connection. And I did find it quite confusing because she was very masculine. And in a way, I'm like, if I put my hand over her face, she looks like Jared because she's got muscles and like really tan skin and like short fingernails and like these muscly, veiny hands. But then she's got this beautiful face and my brain is confused. Wow, and yeah. What is happening? And And I did. I went home to Jared and I said, I think I just met someone I think I just fell in love with a woman (laughs) and um how did he respond you know not surprised and again it goes back to it's very me I'm very um open honest just open to anything in life you know and and when for someone it might be this crazy idea but for me it's like hey let's do it this will be fun so we laughed about it and and he got it you know we're, we're very sexual people we always have been, so we know the power of sexual energy, sexual chemistry. So he he understood it, and he uh, you know showed her a photo of her, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I can see that." Oh wow! Um, and it was yeah, it was funny. So it was really beautiful to be able to speak so openly. What mm. started as like a bit of a joke, oh my god, I think I just fell in love with a woman, ended up really evolving, and it was beautiful that Jared from day one has been my point of contact for that. Mm, and I can only imagine, because for so many members of the LGBTQI plus community, that first coming out really shapes whether or not you're going to A, explore further, or mm. B, tell other people. And so if yeah. that interaction, it sounds like you had a safe space already, but mm-hmm. if that interaction goes well, it, it could be a game changer. It could absolutely make it possible for you to more quickly discover who you are. Yeah. But, but I do want to unpack something, speaking mm-hmm. of sexuality. You've brought up physical attraction, and I am interested in types, specifically mm-hmm. sexually if you're attracted to both genders. Do you have a similar type for, uh, across the genders? Is that what you're talking about when you say you met this woman and, or is that just a specific person? Yeah, um, that's interesting because initially I did, like that initial female did remind me of my husband, but mm. she just happened to have 
physical breasts that I could see in this beautiful face, mm. but very similar in she had these striking eyes and she had these muscles, like I said. So I was very like, wow, this is a female version of my husband. With males, looking back on my dating and sexual history, always very similar types, mm. very um you know, buff, brown hair, always loved a brown hair guy. Mm. I can't really remember anyone I've had a sexual experience or I've really dated that's had blonde, red, any other colour hair. Um, So men, very similar. But what I found very interesting is when I opened up, you know, my life to women, I think it went along with the fact I was opening up my mindset to so many different things. I've explored and experimented with every type of, of, woman I could imagine. Um, Now, I I really don't like to use labels, but I am comfortable that the women that I'm speaking about would be fine with me using these terms. Mm. One, um, you know, very a young masculine type female. I've had, you know, traditional blonde hair, straight looking women. I've had, now this woman would refer to herself like this, but like an old school butch lesbian, like an older in her 40s. such a wide variety and I think it's really beautiful because it's like at the same time I opened up my heart and my sexuality to these, I opened up my mind so much. Mm. And so for me I found men, I had a really set type of um, look. For women there's so much more at play for me. It's so much more emotional and mental connection. It's funny because my last two partners, people have made the comment, my last two female partners, oh, my God, both athletes, both blonde hair, gee, you've got a type. And I'm like, well, no, if you actually knew my background yeah. with women, yeah. like, yes, the two people I've I've publicly dated, but as we know, a lot is in private. Sure. And I'm like, wow, you guys have no idea. <laughs> mm. You bring up an interesting point that I have never thought of before, which is oftentimes if you are a heterosexual human in this planet Earth, you're coming out uh, is the first time you date someone. Mm. It just, you know, it, there is no coming out. You just start dating someone and then your parents go, oh, cool, they like yep. people of the opposite gender. And when you come out later in life, uh, in your 20s or even 30s, there are people who are discovering themselves in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. It's almost like being 12 all over again. And yeah. so this idea that you're exploring and discovering, if you masked it, if you layered it onto the normal trajectory of, of sexual discovery and exploration, it would not be strange at all. You'd be like, no, no, no. She's absolutely not. She's just experimenting just like anyone would who was 12. You know, they Mm -hmm. would date different types of people. And then over that time, you'd go, you know what? My heart and my genitals are most drawn to these types Mm. of people. And so it's funny that we, we really want, specifically the media really wants a story for you, yeah. right? Yeah. Who is she? When did it happen? And what is her type, right? Yes. And, and I actually just think, well, in normal years, you're just 15, girl. You're yep. just exploring and discovering, right? Yeah. And I think that's something I owned um, when I was going through this process was to other people, it was like, oh my God, shock. What do you mean? You're married, this. And I'm like, well, really? I'm a 27, 28-year-old woman who just might be starting to really explore herself. Mm. Now, I was married. I had children, but doesn't change the fact that I was allowed to explore myself as a female, as a human at that stage in my life. That's really not uncommon. That's not really groundbreaking. That's Mm. not really newsworthy, actually. Mm. If I didn't have my children, I didn't have my husband, no one would have given a shit. Yeah. But it was society going, oh my God, how she cannot change her mind because society doesn't like change. Society doesn't like people who come out and go, you know what? 
I think I've made a mistake. I don't actually really like that. I'm going to go here because mm. then you're doing it for attention. You're going through a phase. You're you're wanting clout. You're wanting to be in the Daily Mail because, you know, that's my f***ing goal that's in what life. that's we all want. <laughs> that's all we want. Like, oh, she's trying to stay relevant. Like, do you think I wanted that attention at such a crucial time in my life, my family's life, my extended family's life? Like, it didn't just revolve around me. Mm. So it was really... To me, it was groundbreaking to everyone else. But to me, it really wasn't because I was just a woman owning some changes that were happening in her life and I was embracing them and they were so beautiful. They were scary, but mm. they were beautiful. I mean, it's it's something we have to dissect here because most people experience a coming out experience in isolation. And unfortunately, and I'll use that mm-hmm. word because I, I really do believe that it is unfortunate for anyone who has to go through that experience, whether it be euphoric or traumatizing and have mm-hmm. it happen in the public where people, mm-hmm. your journey, your, and, I, and I believe it is that, mm-hmm. you're learning, you're discovering, you're adding new elements of yourself. You're able to put different labels in front of things as you feel comfortable doing so. Yeah. How much of the public's reaction impacted how much you were willing to share? Um, not a whole lot. I did. I was well aware of the fact it would create a bit of a storm, um, but I allowed myself that private time. So there was a lot of things um, happening in the background for a very long time. Mm. And I think that's why when Jared and I did come out and, you know, it is unfortunate we have to announce our separation, but that's a reality. I'd let so many people into our home. Um, I, I, you know, they did need to know, hey, things are going to look a little bit different here. Sure. Um, but what people weren't aware, people think that when you announce you're separating that you've just decided that weekend. That day. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let Yeah, let's <laughs> let's press green light. Yeah. No, there were conversations, movements, changes um, happening for two years yeah. before that. So I didn't feel any pressures to share things because there was a lot already that was happening mm. in my private life. And that's what some people forget. I actually do have a private life. <laughs> you know, I, everything I'm posting online isn't every second of my living moment. Mm. So um, for me, I do remember um, having a moment with Jared sitting in the car whilst experimenting and back and forth and, and not knowing do we continue this or do we go this way. I remember crying to him because he saw whilst it was an accepting environment, it was beautiful and I was very lucky to have someone that was my husband, but just a supportive person there and a safe place for me, it was still really difficult because it's an identity crisis. I was having Mm. this, well, hang on, my life has looked like this for so long. I think it's going this way. Like, do I commit to it? Do I, you know, when there's kids involved, it's not like I could have just gone off and travelled and I'm going to explore for six months, Jared, and then we'll reassess. Like, I really had to make a decision about which way I was going. Mm. And I cried to him. And the reason I cried was nothing to do with me. It was because I finally in that moment understood how difficult it must be for people to do this who have no support because it was f***ing hard and I had support. And I just felt in that moment, I get it. I actually said that to Jared. I said, I get it now. Mm. I cannot fathom being a young teenage young teenager who is petrified in their room to tell mum and dad who they really are. And in that moment, I cried again, not for me. I cried for finally understanding it from someone else's point of view that this is actually really f***ing hard. Mm. Sorry. (laughs) It's emotional to hear you talk for two reasons. One, I came out really young, so obviously... 
it felt like you were talking to me. Um, but to when people talk about it gets better, that line, mm-hmm. it can be a powerful one. Um, it can also be a little bit harmful uh, and not super helpful because when you're going through something as hard as any of us have to go through and then on top of that, add on the Daily Mail writing headlines about you and your partner <laughs> on top of all of that, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will get better one day, but like what <laughs> I'm going through now is hard. And there is a benefit uh, to life experience, I imagine. And mm-hmm. I'm interested for you, when you're a young person, a big part of the coming out experience is finding other people like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is why Pride Month and Pride is so powerful for us because we found our groups of people we can celebrate with our community. And you get to meet people who have gone through something mm. similar. You're later in life, you are married, you have children. How do you find people or did you find people to mentor, help, coach, go mm. out with? Was that a part of your journey? Absolutely. And, and I've said that quite often that within the gay community, I found my people. Mm. And I've said that quite a lot. Um, and that comes through uh, playing football. So I joined a women's football team. Uh, again, at a time very naive to all of this. And when someone said, oh, you know, like 22 out of 24 of these girls are gay. I was like, what? What do you know? <laughs> what? what? That, and I remember saying, they don't look gay. Wow. That's what I said, <laughs> you know. And it's just, again, I can look back and go, oh, you idiot. But I just, I look at the positive and go, I've just really evolved from that. Mm. Um, so I did, I, I met and I surrounded myself with a lot of um, sporty girls, football girls. And I'm smiling as I say this because they are now some of my best friends in life. And I, I quickly learned too, it wasn't anything about, or it wasn't all to do with oh, I have to hang out with lesbians now because I'm a big raging lesbian. It was, <laughs> they were just the most accepting people that I'd ever come across in my life. And I quickly learned, I went to a footy club, right? And I'm there and there's, you know, again, your typical straight girls and they're at uni and they work at Sports Girl on the weekend. But then you had someone who owned her own landscaping company and she'd rock up in her big work boots and then someone worked in the mines and then someone was this and and I was meeting all these incredible people and just people that in previous Sophie life, I would never be blessed to come across mm-hmm. and to associate with. And I was just meeting all these different types of personalities and going, wow, I've actually been sheltered in every form of my life. And that's sporting circles, social circles, not just sexuality, not just, you know, um, as as who I can and cannot date, just in terms of humans. Yeah. And so my gay girlfriends are just now the best people in the world. And I remember going out with them one night and it's like no one was going, oh, my feet hurt because they're all wearing runners and jeans and T-shirts. And I'm going, (laughs) this is fun. Why have I not done this sooner? Like Mm. why have I not just got my phone in my back pocket and we're just drinking beer and we're having the best night ever? Like don't get me wrong. I still love it. I still love getting dressed up. Sure. But I found this other side to myself where – it's like, no, we don't have to soak in our spray tans for eight hours and wear our dresses and our big diamante shoes and our big earrings and stand in a line freezing because we're not wearing a coat. We're just going to chuck a jacket on because we don't actually care and we're just going to go have a dance at the local pub. Mm. And I just, again, it's not judging the other side because that's still me as well. love doing that too. But I just discovered this other side to life where I went, oh, my God, I think I actually fit in here. Mm. I think this is actually me. And also, touching on what we talked about before, I did have a bit of a profile. Not like I have now, but I did. And, and people knew who I was. So I'm going to gay bars, gay nightclubs. But you know what I found? No one cared who I was. Mm. 
if they knew who I was, they might have said, hey. But you know what? The amount of people that said to me, hey, just want to say, you know, love your page, enjoy your night. And they'd give me this look to say, I'm going to let you enjoy, you know. Oh, wow. That's yeah, beautiful. this look to say, I've got you. It's all good. Yep. What you're doing is none of my business. Yeah. And I go back to that accepting space that I found myself in. You know, I had people, I remember kissing this girl out and it was very early into, no one would have ever thought anything was going on with Jared and I. And I'm kissing this girl and I turn around and this other girl touched me on the shoulder and she said, oh, me and my friend, we follow you. Can we have a photo? And I died, right? I go, oh my God, she's just seen me kissing this girl. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And after the photo, she said, it's all good. And she just gave me this note, it's all good. I got you. Yeah. Mm. And that was it. And I thought... I want to come here. No one looks at me. No, And even if they do, they don't give a shit why I'm here. It's fun. It's inviting. It's accepting. And very quickly I learned this is where I belong in life. Oh, it's so beautiful because you're touching on something that not a lot of people outside of the community are aware of, which is Mm. historically um, gay clubs, gay parties, saunas were safe spaces. Safe spaces for people no matter where you came from, right? In the 60s and 70s, a majority of the people who would frequent those places were married to someone of the opposite gender. Mm. Um, And so sexuality and why you were there, you wouldn't ask those questions. It was Mm -hmm. like completely inappropriate. Like we're here to be free. And within the community, you're also touching on, as you're exploring yourself sexually, you also are naturally able to explore yourself in other ways. So you'll go Mm -hmm. out to a party or pride and you'll see people wearing what some might perceive as cuckoo crazy costumes. And what's so funny about gay clubs in general is you just don't even, it's not, you don't, it doesn't matter. You're Nothing like, I don't care makes what you you're wearing. You can no. be naked, you can be in all black, yeah. you can be wearing a suit. And I feel like within the community, there's an understanding that we're all, everyone is on the journey to self-discovery yeah. at different stages. Mm-hmm. And we're just all there to share the space together in that moment. Yep. And you've tapped yep. on that gorgeously. Did you feel at any point like you needed to be a certain type of lesbian? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I did. At the start, I thought, going back to what I just touched on, I thought, well, if I'm going to be a lesbian, I'm going to hang out with all these, you know, my lesbian friends. I've got to dress like them too. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, well, I'll throw out the sparkly earrings and I'm not going to wear high heels anymore. And then again, like I touched on about going back to boys and girls and whatever, I thought, well, no, hang on. That's also going against what I'm trying to do here. Mm. I'm just going to be me. Okay, I'm not going to try and fit. And and again, I've seen friends go through that too. Absolutely. Me and my best friend Jess at the time were were experimenting through things and and we laugh about it now. She went hardcore. She went like no makeup. She took the eyelashes off. She's like, "Nah, I don't wear makeup anymore." And we we were all going, "Just chill out a bit. It's like you don't have to go like yeah. you don't have to dress like that." <laughs> mm. She's going, "Nah, leave me alone. This is me. This is me." And if you bring it up to her now, God, we laugh because, yeah, she's back to, you know, she's got her big fake boobies out and she's back yes. to her blonde hair extensions <laughs> and her nails and mm. she's like, yeah, I just felt like I had to do that for a bit. But, again, that's part of exploring yeah. and that's part of life and that's that's okay. Mm. You know, we are allowed to try things and go, oh, actually, I didn't really like that. Um, so now, no, I don't feel like I have to fit anything at all. Um, I'm very comfortable just being me and that's me who's sitting here in a T-shirt and jeans and boots now and it's me who's going to be doled up with a full makeup team on Saturday. So That's great. um, I just own every part of me. Mm. So since you've been dating women, since you've been on that journey, talk to me about some of the challenges that might be a little bit different than when you were dating men. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I 
something I, I really do struggle with. I struggle with the stereotype of what people in society today still think a lesbian looks like. Mm. You know, we, we must have a shaved short head and we must have piercings and we must not look like a girl, basically. Yeah. And so my beautiful partner now, Maddie and I, is what, you know, we, we would define ourselves, not what anyone else would define us. We would just define ourselves as very feminine, both very feminine. Mm-hmm. And so something I have found difficult and something I never faced when I was with a man is that when people see two feminine lesbians, you know, the head turns straight away because, oh, wait, are they friends holding it? What are they? But something that makes me sick to my stomach is being out. So just say we're at a bar and you may find cisgender males who are looking at us who might think, oh, these girls are all right, let's go chat to them. And then they realise, hang on, they're holding hands. Hang on, did they just kiss? And it's almost like we're doing it for their satisfaction. I am not giving my girlfriend a kiss at a nightclub for your sexual pleasure. Mm. The respect needs to be the same that if I was standing there with my boyfriend, you're not going to be going, oh, yeah, grab her ass, are you? Mm. And something that, uh, an example I can speak about this, which... I got really upset about Mads and I were at a wedding and there was a, a, a guest at the wedding, a dad, someone of my dad's age, who loves Mads and they've known each other for years, right? And he's obviously had a few beers and whatever and Mads and I are walking to the bathroom and we're holding hands and this man came up and he grabbed her and he whirled her around and he put his hands right around her, slightly probably inappropriate for what I would assume that you do to any woman, but anyway, and they're laughing And I sort of said to Matt, like, you're good? Because this man's grabbed her and he goes to me, get off her, she's mine. And I looked at this man and I said, would you say that if I was a guy? Now, if I was her boyfriend standing there, I was a bloke standing there and this man grabs her, you reckon he's going to say to the man, get off her, she's mine, like he owns her. He looked at me, he goes, get off her, she's mine. And I thought, you dirty old man, Mm. how dare you? And in that moment I thought, that is the discrimination. I am actually being discriminated right now because I'm a female. There's nothing I can do rather than yell at you and then I'm going to be, you know, hysteric, overreacting female. You've got your hands around my girlfriend inappropriately I can see she's uncomfortable, but she's laughing because you're her dad's friend. Yeah. And you're saying something to me that you would never say if I was a six-foot man standing here. You'd shake my hand and you'd respect me. But because I'm a woman, you think you have the right to put your hands on her and to grab her inappropriately? It was foul. It was absolutely disgusting. So, yeah, something I really struggle with is Two feminine lesbians, oh, we're por- we're, we turn into an instant porno for people. Absolutely. There is you know, a nasty stereotype that like yeah. for two women to be together, oh, it's just a phase or it's just for fun yeah. or it's just this or it's just hot. It's just Yeah, sexy. or let's have a threesome. Yeah. And, and it's that notion that men think we still need them. Mm. It's you a know? direct threat. Isn't that exactly what it is? It is a yeah. direct threat on the ego, which is yeah. you've chosen that. And not this. Yeah. It is an attack. But take me and I'll make it better for both of you mm. as well. Let me in there. No, no, honey. You're not coming anywhere near us. Wow. <laughs> and I find myself very protective of Mads because the reality is I, I'm not naive. Mads is a six foot tall blonde bombshell. 
Yes. Right? She is obviously in my eyes, she's the sexiest, most beautiful girl on the planet, but she is in society stereotypically a beautiful hot girl. Yeah. Blonde, blue eyes, amazing rig on her, six foot. She her presence when she walks in the room, everyone looks. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not naive that guys go, fuck, she's all right. I'm not silly. But we need to shift that stereotype that men think that they can still say things. Like, again, if I was a guy, you're not yelling out, woo, like grab her on the bum Mm. to her boyfriend, but you'll do it to me, foul. And then God forbid if we arc up, God forbid, oh, relax, darling, just having a joke. Yeah. Oh, come on, don't, you know, no, don't come on me. Respect us as you would respect all humans. I get so angry. Oh, I'm happy. It's great to hear because really the the answer you said halfway through that sentence is the perfect one, which is the moment you challenge how they would treat or respect you if another person was there. If Mm -hmm. this person, if I was a man, what would you have done? And the answer, they don't even have to tell you. They would never have touched her. She never would have been picked up. Never. And often in in clubs, like when dudes walk up to a, a lesbian couple, no matter how those women choose to present themselves, Mm-hmm. I do think there is a division, which is if they present more masculine, they get left alone totally. Oh, absolutely. And potentially judged on, you know, verbally out loud. But yep. the moment that those women, that lesbian couple present in a more feminine manner by choice is the moment men feel open invitation. Some men, Open invitation. You know, but there's this yep. open invitation of like, well, I can go up to you. I can talk. And the assumption that we want you to come up to us. The assumption that, oh, we've dressed like this for you. Mm. We've dressed like this to impress you. No. We're trying to turn each other on. Yeah. And we are. <laughs> and we're doing better things in the toilet that you're yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. tonight. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so you're really lucky. You have a great relationship uh, with your husband through mm-hmm. that process. Were there any um, stories that stick with you when, when you told people your truth at any phase in your journey and people did not respond well? Um. I wouldn't say not responded well directly to my face, but I've certainly had to go through a lot of friendship changes. Okay. Again, that comes from nothing that's been directly said to my face, but it's a saying that actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say I've been extremely hurt over the years, extremely disappointed in people that I have been nothing but an amazing support through who not once have acknowledged to me the changes in my mm-hmm. life. The way I word it is that big friendship group, right? Big big bunch of girls. Now, if someone got a new boyfriend, that's the hot topic at the table, right? Sure. That's, oh, my God, show us a photo of him. What does he do? Oh, my God, show me his Instagram. Oh, he's hot. He's gorgeous. Where'd you meet him? Come, he's got to come to drinks next time. Time to come to my birthday. Mm-hmm. Now, when I started dating women... No one asked. Nobody asked. And I'm sitting at the table wanting to share with these people my happiness and mm. or I was I slept with someone on the weekend, you know, girls' conversations, hooked up with this chick on the weekend, hooked up, or I'm dating, you know, I love this girl. No one asked. Wow. No one ever invited them. No one ever, you know, nothing, just silence. No, no acknowledgement. And I'm guessing that made you not want to talk about your personal life even more Absolutely, your closest friends. And that made me, well, not only that, but it made me go, no, these are my people over here. Wow, okay. 
So it doesn't matter, you know, I got stuck in that cycle of, well, oh, this has been my friendship group for so long and I can't not be friends with them. But when I was going through separations, public separations, newspapers, articles, um, relationships with women, very public breakups with those women, mm. horrific heartbreak and no acknowledgement from a group of people that I'd been friends with since I was 12 years old. Now, I don't want to throw out the homophobic term, but like I said, if there's a new boy on the scene, everyone wants to know him. Bring him. Bring him to my birthday. He's got to meet, he's got to meet Tom. Him and Tom will get along well. Yeah. But when it was a girl, she didn't exist. She was never acknowledged. And you're right. Actions definitely speak louder than words. One of the gifts that we've been given as uh, members of this community is that you can find your chosen people. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as you're highlighting, is the path to that is not always beautiful because it forces you to kind of look at the people in your life who you really cared about and you're seeing new elements to their personality, which yeah. you, we don't need to use the word, but like clearly not accepting. Not accepting. Mm-hmm. And one one moment really stands out for me. And I, I can't put everybody in that bracket because sure. maybe a couple were okay. But I remember very drunk into a friend's birthday, um, my partner at the time, she FaceTimed me who was at my house, mind you, who hadn't been invited to come to the birthday. Mm. And someone over the top said, oh, she's on the phone to blah, blah. And I heard one of, the, one of my friends at the time who had never acknowledged her, had never asked me about it, had never anything. And someone said, oh, how old is she? And I said, she's 25. And this girl goes, oh, she looks so much older than 25. And in that moment I thought, okay, so you know what she looks like, which means... You've been on her Instagram page, which means you've mm-hmm. talked about her within the circles, mm-hmm. which means you're discussing her somewhere with other people other than myself. Yep. So if you know what she looks like, her age, you've looked at her things, yet you've never even asked me, your friend, hey, how's your new partner going? I saw that you, you know. And in that moment, I knew I'm not being friends with that person anymore. There you go. Now, imagine if. They just did, they are, let's just paint a picture because for many people in their lives, they unfortunately are surrounded by people who are maybe even more aggressively homophobic, Mm, right? Yep. But when people don't talk about it, it happened in my life, it happened in your life, it happens in a lot of our lives. Certain individuals, usually older, but sometimes the exact same age, just never bring it up. And so you Mm -hmm. have an idea of what they're thinking. What you're bringing up is the reality, which is they know, they are spending time thinking about it. What do you wish they had done? But just treat it like I said. Like I, at the end of the day, I, I'm your friend coming to a group lunch and I'm excited because I've met someone and I'm really happy. Treat me like you would treat anyone else. Why am I being ostracized because of who I'm dating? Because of who I am attracted to? I was immediately ostracized from a group of friends I'd been friends with for 15 plus years because of a choice in gender. Mm because they were perhaps uncomfortable and didn't know how to ask? What do you mean you don't know how to ask? What's her name? What does she do? Where did you meet her? Mm. It's very simple. It's very. We don't need to go into the nitty-gritty. We don't need to, you know, what, what, how did it happen, whatever, but just, oh, show me. You know, so for those people who maybe are a little bit uncomfortable in a situation where someone in their family or their friends is, has gone down an alternative route, Remember that they are going to be feeling uncomfortable. So put that first. Remove the, you know, any feelings you're having aside for a second and be there for that person because they're actually the one that have gone through the change, not you. Yeah. 
Okay. So all I just wanted was for someone at that table to say, how is she going? You look really happy. Because mm. that's what you want, right? Don't you want your friends to be happy? Absolutely. And if they're no not, matter what that looks like. And if they're not capable of it, I guess that's what I'm um, thinking about is if people aren't capable, I almost would rather them have said to you, listen, so I um, I'm uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. I've never known a single person who's a lesbian. I don't even know what to say. Mm-hmm. That's better than Absolutely. nothing, which yep. is is a hundred percent in my estimation enough reason to not continue to be friends with someone if no one mm. wants to talk about your life like you're a ghost floating about. Yeah, like I don't exist. Like an important person in my life doesn't exist. Mm. Like they're not going to be acknowledged. Like my happiness isn't worthy of being spoken about because of a gender of a person I decide to be in a relationship with. Like you said, it would be much better to say, hey, this is not intentional. I love you. I'm just not sure how to approach this. This is new for me. I don't want to seem selfish though. So just if you want to help, like how would you, you know, how should we speak about this? Or, you know, put, like I said, like put yourself out there as much as this person's put themselves out there. To, to to be brave enough to to sit there and own themselves, right? Don't make them feel worse. Don't make them already feel like it's like I'd done something wrong, you know? It's like I was dating some, I was about to say, it's like I was dating some big drug dealer. Funny thing was, if I was dating, they probably would have asked about it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, um, it's a shame. It is a shame and it's something, honestly, it's it's been really difficult. It's been really, really difficult um, to deal with that, but as time goes on, I know I've made some really good decisions, mm. um, but it is. You, I think you can be hurt by friends and family as much as you can be hurt by a lover, if not worse. Totally agree. Now, speaking of family, throughout this journey and process, I have children, you have children. How communicative do you need to be or did mm. you or you as a mother, as you're learning about yourself with your children? Is Was that important to you? Absolutely, but I think what made it... Um, slightly easier for us is that we've been very open with all types of humans with my son since he was born anyway. So it's Mm. not like I had to introduce him to this world of gay, lesbian, queer when this was happening. He was already very exposed to that. Okay. So um, we've been very open about, you know, girls can kiss girls and boys can kiss boys and men can marry and, and boys can wear dresses and boys can want to live life as a female. And my son is just incredible at being so open-minded. And one, I think he was born that way, which is beautiful. But two, as parents, we've instilled that into him. My daughter, on the other hand, is just evidence of the fact you can raise kids the same, but if they are wired differently, like my daughter is like, girls wear dresses, oh, my God, Bobby, no, blah, 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 and we will just keep going. No, Florence, no, Florence. No, we, we love everybody. We accept. And so Bobby and her have these fights of him going, boys can wear dresses if they want. My friend Denny wears a dress yes. and she's going, no, they can't, boys, like that. Um, <laughs> but very open. We've been very open with Bobby with everything. You know, he gets me tampons and pads and we've talked about sex and, again, nothing, it's not uncommon for us to be very open with him about everything in life. So that did make it a lot easier. That's great. So, so it wasn't necessarily a coming out moment for them because no. you just kind of got it to live. No, he had a lot of um, gay friends around him anyway, like couples, male, females, um, all types of humans he had around him from a a young age. And so Florence has sort of just also grown up with it as well. So they know no different. You know, it's beautiful that 
it was a really beautiful two moments I can think of. You know, when boys are at school and everyone goes, oh, you got a girlfriend, you got a girlfriend. He said something, he goes one day, no, I have a boyfriend. And now that wasn't me at all going, oh, you got to be gay, you got to be this. But yeah. he was just, that was normal. He had a boyfriend. Now, whether or not he did, I don't think, it, you know, but that's just what his answer was. And then also another one is he had a sleepover for his birthday only a few weeks ago. And one of his friends said, who sleeps in this bed? Because I chucked the five boys in my bed to watch a movie. Yeah. And I said, Maddie and I sleep in here. And he goes, Maddie and you sleep in here. And one of his other friends go, yeah, because they're gay. And then one of the other friends goes, yeah, they're girlfriends. And the five boys went, oh, cool. Can you put the movie on now? Wow. And five seven-year-old boys just went, oh, and that was it. I believe and I thought, the children are future. Yeah, <laughs> and I just thought that. I got goosebumps and I mm. thought, I, I rang Jared, I said, I'm really proud of us for raising Bobby, but also this next generation of kids coming through yeah. are just so accepting. Amazing. So like these other kids went, yeah, they're gay. Like as if to be like, duh. I've never had an opportunity to talk to another parent who has gone through a journey like you have, um, who their children may have experienced you with different people of, of different genders. And I always wondered, knowing what you now know about yourself and the rude reality that there are a lot of people who suppress their truth, you know, mm. for, for many years of their uh, adolescence, I'm, is there a way to raise kids differently than you and I were raised potentially? Is it as simple as just, you've, you've brought up two things. One, telling the truth, uh, mm. your truth. And then two, introducing them to a bunch of other people. Are there, yeah. are there parenting approaches that you would share I with just others? Think, I just think with things like, you know, Disney, it's all about the princesses. She's chasing the prince. But it's also what I say to Florence is princesses can marry princesses, you know. Mm. And she'll go, what? And she'll go, no, they can marry the prince. I said, no, but if they want to marry the princess, they can marry the princess. If the princess wants to marry the queen, she can. So it's just language in their terms. You don't have to throw you know, all these fancy terms in their face. But it's just for me, it's, you know, two Barbies. She's playing with Barbies. I say, are they friends or are they girlfriends or are they sisters? What are they? And like just these natural conversations that I'm introducing to them. Mm. Um, and I can see her brain go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, even now she's starting to say she's very big on, I'm going to get married when I'm older. And I'm like, no, don't have that mentality. But <laughs> she's she's now starting to say, I'm going to marry um, Evie from school. And I'm like, brilliant, good. And mm. it's not me going, be a lesbian. It's just me going, be open-minded. Yeah. You want to marry Evie? You want to marry Tom? You mm. don't want to marry anyone? Great. I don't care. Um, so just relating their everyday things, but in ways that as parents we can just incorporate little conversations really naturally. When no, you, no, you just sit down with a big whiteboard and get the diagrams out. <laughs> yes. Just everyday conversations. Well, I feel like the younger generation are, are growing up with a, a more variety of experiences that mm -hmm. they can see with their eyes. But what I'm also starting to realize is labels seem much less important to young yeah. people, right? You'll meet 15-year-olds yeah. and they're like, we don't play that game. You yep. know, I just treat everyone like they're everything and therefore mm -hmm. you're just safer. You are just a better human if you're being a little bit safe. I'm interested in how important it is for you, for them to know your sexuality. Like do labels matter to you or how do you explain that to them? I don't think it's labels, but it's it was always about respect for mm. me. So when um, I've had three female partners and it was whenever they were in our house or whenever they were introduced, 
um, to the kids. It was it was up front. This is mummy's girlfriend. This is mummy loves her, mm. and so it was just that honest truth straight from the start. So I take the first the first relationship wasn't you know we were we were in a very open fluid relationship. It was a great you know she's one of my best friends now. So for a while there, because we weren't actually you know committed in a relationship. I didn't want to confuse the kids, but they were well aware of who she was. She was someone important in our house and she was very special um, and she loved the kids. And I think children don't need, I don't think they need a lot of labels. They just need to know they're safe and that these people around them love them. And mummy loves this person and daddy loves this person. And yeah, I, I, I don't feel the need to, to, I don't want to say overwhelm them, but I'm always honest with them, yep. always. And and that's the same as when relationships ended as well. I would say this person won't be coming over anymore because I don't want it to get two weeks and I, Bobby's going, hang on, where's she, where's she gone? I miss her. And yeah. with no explanation, I would say our relationships ended. I remember Bobby saying, did you broke up? Oh, I was like, yes. Yes. We, we broke up. <laughs> Are you crying because you broke up? Yes. Did she dump you? I was like, yes, thank you. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, the same way I'd say this person's coming into our home, this person's no longer coming into our home. Mm. And that's something, um, going back to that moment where I cried to Jared in the car, I do recall in that moment because I did face a lot of um, challenges around my life decisions are going to affect my children now. Mm-hmm. Is my child going to get bullied at school now because of a life choice I've made? You know, and it, it was really conflicting sure. because I wanted to be who I was and I wanted to be that example for my children and I wanted to encourage them to live life, whoever you are, own it. But at the same time, I didn't want Bobby getting teeth. Your mum's a lesbian, your mum's a lesbian. And so I'm confident now, you know, kids are shits. School can be tough. Mm-hmm. We know that. And without a doubt, at some point, that will most likely happen. But I'm I'm confident that the boy that I'm raising and the daughter I'm raising are going to go yeah and and they're going to skip away and eat their muesli bar. There you go. Okay, so now you are here. You're in a wonderful relationship. Your kids mm-hmm. adore her. You know, you're sharing your life, and I hope I imagine uh, in the flick of a wrist by just being yourself, you've become an advocate, whether you want to be or not. Yeah. What advice do you have for someone who is on a similar journey to you, right? They're in a relationship, they're really happy, um, but they're thinking about other options. Yeah. I get it nearly every day in my DMs, nearly every day. And this is from men as well. This mm. is from 55-year-old women. This is from 18-year-old women. Um, I say be honest in your communication. I say be accepting that you are allowed to feel like that. There's this kind of notion that in life we shouldn't want things other than from what we've got. Like if you've got something and it's good, then how dare you want more? Mm. You know, Glennon Doyle's Untamed is such a great book about that. It's like a woman should just be grateful. If you've got a man and you've got the house and you've got two kids, like what more could you possibly want in life? Just smile and be grateful. So I tell them, I just say go, I say explore, and I always say to them, the fact you're writing this to me, you already have your answer. Mm. You already know exactly what you want to do. Okay. And I say, go. And I say, what's again, what's the worst thing that can happen? A relationship might break down. Well, did you really want that relationship anyway? And if it doesn't work out, 
over this side and then you want to go back there. If it doesn't work out and there's no understanding or acceptance, then maybe that wasn't supposed to be anyway. You've got to be so accepting of changes in life. Mm. You have to be so open to life not going the way you thought it would go. And that's something I accepted. It is It is hard, don't get me wrong. And it's sad. It's really sad too. There's part of me, don't not get me wrong. I wanted a happy life with Jared. I wanted to live married to him till I was 90 years old and our grandkids and this big, beautiful family. But my life just didn't go that way. And that's sad, but it's okay. Mm. Because there's so many more things out there as well. So be accepting to change. Own it. Absolutely own it. This is your life. We can throw all the cliches out there we want. Oh, you get one life. You actually do. You Mm. get one life. Okay. And again, I go back to Glennon Doyle. There's a line in her book and she talked about how she saw this woman once and she was attracted to her and she thought to herself, the line in her head went, oh, maybe in another life. And then she said, as if I had more than one. Mm. What life? What other life are you going to do this in? What other life are you going to explore in? This is it. Like your time is right now. Okay, that's my advice. If you're even having those thoughts, go for it. Don't let your grandma tell you who's been married to your grandpa since you were 17 years old and only slept with one man that you've got a, this is what you should do. You've got a nice man. Go for it. Enjoy. Enjoy life. And you know what? Enjoy the ride too. Enjoy the good and the bad. I've had so much bad shit happen to me in the past few years in relationships. Like I've been burnt bad. I still really respect this person. And you know what? I look back and go, I had some marvelous experiences with that woman. I had some really great life experience with her. We had, I've got some great memories I'll have forever. Didn't work out. I ended up with a broken heart. But guess what? I really don't regret it because that's part of my life. That, that contributes now to who I am. So I thank her for that. And I thank her for the time that we spent together. And I'm now on being a better partner and a better person to Maddie now because of that. Amazing. Well, I'm going to add to the list of thank yous and thank you for coming (laughs) on, being so open uh, and honest with us. I think there's extremely valuable information here for anyone, not only if they're questioning their truth, but also if you're on the other side of the table and you're just an ally uh, who wants Mm. to be supportive of those around you. I hope that you took that last chunk and, and can really live and breathe that as you walk through the day. So thank you. If people have questions for you or they just want to find you and follow along the journey, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at sophiekasia underscore and shoot me a DM. I have some really beautiful conversations in there with such a wide variety of people. And um, I do say, you know, people have said, oh, you know, you're such an advocate and you're leading the way. And I'm like, no, people in my DMs, they have helped me more than they realize too. I've shared so many beautiful stories. Come Out Wherever You Are is presented by me, Sean Zepps, and I did everything by myself, all the editing. It's just me alone. There's literally no one. (laughs) Just kidding. Our producer is Lindsay Green. The executive producer is Jennifer Goggin. And our audio producer is Darcy Thompson. Listener.